Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here. It's Mark with you. And Rich Paul. Thank you for sitting in with me, Rich. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I uh, probably should have uh, been more clear at scheduling here with uh, perhaps Jay and Angie. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. (laughs) Likely it's my fault. I'm so bad at this, right? Like, Ian usually manages the host, but on Wednesday night, it's always me. So... Call Jen, and thanks for that. Thanks for coming in. No problem. I do, however. It's good to live next door. <laughs> to assuage uh, whatever uh, a sting there might be to this is uh, I have some really big news. Really? Yeah. So um, uh, are you familiar with seasteading the concept? Uh, yes, I am. So tell me what it is. Uh, seasteading is the idea that um, we can create some new piece of real estate either floating on the ocean or attached to the bottom of the ocean in the case of sea land, uh, or in some cases, just a pile of rocks in the ocean, that somehow we can create a new place to exist that is not within the jurisdiction of any existing government and that it can therefore be self-governing. Right, and there's the Seasteading Institute. If anybody wants to find out about it, I, I don't remember exactly what their uh, web address is, but you can you can use some search engine and look up Seasteading Institute and find out more about the uh, the this organization and, and that sort of thing. But you've basically got the concept down. Living yeah. on the water. I went to uh, high school with a guy named Sean Hastings, who uh, at one point was the owner of uh, Sealand, which is an old anti-aircraft platform uh, like 13 miles off the coast of Britain and it was built by the British but then but it was technically an international water so they don't have uh, jurisdiction over it technically yeah uh, they tried to uh, bust the guy who lived there for not paying into the into NHS the National Health Service there and uh, the court found that he didn't live in Britain so he had no need to do that well, that's a pretty cool story. There's a lot mm-hmm. about sea land that's worth uh, checking out. Um, I didn't know that your friend uh, had a, at one point owned it. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. I've I've talked to him a, a couple of times, but I've never, um, never haven't managed kept up. to make it out there. Yeah. So there, uh, we we reported here on Free Talk Live that there was a seastead that had been put in place. I guess we did it in February because it was at Anarchapulco, um, and Apparently, there's been some issues. So, have you heard about this seastead that was uh, off the the Thai coast that had been put in place? Um, no, I had not. Okay, I watched a bunch of videos on it, and more or less, what they'd done is they'd put this this bobber thing with a weight on the bottom. They called it a pier, right? So, this forty foot metal float, but. Um, the way it was designed is, is that if the waves went up, it didn't go up the same way, right? Like the waves, it, the way it, it floated in the water basically, but floated in a way that was not, um, you know, bad, I guess. Um, it floated. So it wasn't likely to capsize. Is that what you're Oh yeah, it definitely wasn't going to capsize. Okay. It okay. also wasn't going to be thrown by the waves too. So, um, it was okay. in a place in the world where waves weren't likely to occur. T- terribly right like it's just you know one of those spots where they just don't get a lot of waves mm-hmm. and it was um 13 miles out from the thai coast so it which was puts it in international waters in or international at least level waters. one international waters right. i guess there's 
Some things they claim 23 miles. But. Right. And there's some things they claim 200, sort of their really? influence zone. Uh, they, whatever, these countries can claim yeah, I mean, whatever they want. They'll claim whatever they want. Who's going to raise an army and stop them? That's really kind of the issue. <laughs> so um, this thing had been out there very recently. There's been a couple living on it. They were selling uh, the opportunity to put a seastead out there with them. They're going to create a little community. They were doing some trading, um, you know. At some point or another, there was going to be, uh, I mean, commerce. There's certainly commerce going on, right? Like they were near uh, this uh, unfortunately named for FCC for the FCC licenses of radio stations around um, America. They were just off the coast of Phuket. We're going to use <laughs> that terminology. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce Phuket, but that's the one I'm going to go with. Phuket? Phuket. Is yes. that a very small Phuk? It's a it's a it's a city in uh, Thailand, and there you go. And okay. So it um you know they're they're just out there in the water, and fishermen are going by, and everything's fine. Like life is fine. Mm-hmm. Let me read the article. The Thai. This is from Reason Magazine, written by Brian Doherty, whom I've met. Nice man. Uh, the Thai government is reportedly demolishing a seastead that briefly appeared off the coast of. Phuket. According to the Bangkok Post, Thai, which by the way, I never clicked this link because I don't speak Thai, so I, I haven't checked this. <laughs> but, right. um, the Thai government thinks the act of floating around just outside their 12-mile coastal zone breaches Section 119 of Criminal Code. The section concerns any acts that cause the country or parts of it to fall under the sovereignty of a foreign state or deterioration of the state's independence. It is punishable by death. Or life imprisonment. Chad, Holy moly. Yeah, right. They're not. Now, this is where the tyrant Turan, uh, Durante is, right? I, I, is no, it? no, no. Duterte is, uh, is in uh, Philippines. In the Philippines. Okay, right. not. Okay. I, I have a hard time keeping the Far East straight. Yeah, why should you care? Even Chad, the Near East. Chad L. Wartowski, one of the CSED's two former inhabitants, writes on a Facebook post, This is ridiculous. We lived in a floating houseboat for a few weeks, and now Thailand want us, wants us killed. The wants us killed likely refers to that potential punishment for violating uh, Section 119. We had to go underground because our contact warned us before this came out. I presume the story is what they're talking about. Uh, Alwarski L. Wartowski adds he also insists that he and his Thai companion, Nadia Summergirl, were merely tenants of the seastead and were not responsible for designing or building or placing it directly. I mean, there's videos where they're certainly there during design and build and placing, but all right. Uh, Well, then again, I I can see how you might, if you're paying for the thing, you might have enough money to hire a patsy to be the guy to actually live there and, you know, put his actual liberty on the line. So uh, whatever, it's not going to make a difference. We're hoping to bring tourism to Phuket and, uh, and with an underwater restaurant, floating hotels, medical research, tech shops, etc. He writes, we had three healthy entrepreneurs in the past week tell us they were coming to live in Phuket because they were excited about the project. We love Thailand. Nadia is, proud, is a proud Thai. She's a proud Buddhist who does not support violence. I'm a pacifist who would not harm a fly. El Wartowski uh, posts... Uh, Wartowski's post calls for legal help in negotiating with the Thai government regarding any possible punishment he and Summer Girl might face. He, we just wanted to be free, if just mm-hmm. for one day. And I, I love this quote. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to be free 
if just for one day. And no, no, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot be free if just for one day. Not These if the organ- governments of the world have their right. way. Right, if the governments of the world. Because really, op- operationally, what's the difference between Thai government and the United States government in this circumstance? If you attempt to put some kind of non-governmental uh, thing out there in the water and you're going to become, at some point or another, you're going to become some kind of you know community out there, the United States government's going to say, yeah, we're in charge here. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to pay, you're going to have to comply, you're going to have to do this, and you're going to have to do that. Yeah. It's and all being the same. a state is no protection against that. That's exactly what they said in Iraq and Afghanistan <laughs> and Syria and Libya and all over Africa, all over South America, openly and covertly. The theme is always the same. We're in charge here. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, the U.S. government has a right to control you. Yeah, that's basically, um, that's true. And that I mean, obviously, the U.S. government shouldn't be the one singled out here in this article about the Thai government's misbehavior. But it's, oh, fair, absolutely. it's fair to point out that the state is an organization this is i'm quoting barack obama here i'm i'm not making this up myself it's true but i'm quoting him in this circumstance is what sets a nation state apart is the claim of a monopoly on violence he actually said that i think he said this is the monopoly on violence and he used the word claim i say it's a claim because i mean how can you have legitimacy of a claim on violence well see that's one of those cases where even a stopped clock is right twice a day right absolutely It's Free Talk Live. You are welcome to call in about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Rich Paul. And uh, we'll get right back to the story about the uh, Thai government invading the, 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 this, this nation seastead that was going on out there. But I, uh, I want to get to your calls. First, Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. So that means that they collect news stories from around the world. And one of them I read today was um, because they've got stories on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, the rise of the police state, all kinds of stuff, was apparently they've tracked uh, some people that were buried in Stonehenge, and so they know where they came from, which was sort of the Middle East around Syria, and sort of tracked through. Um, Are you serious? Along the Mediterranean, and up there. So, I mean, they were they lived in England at the time, but I mean, they had gone to sort of the people, the the lineage, the heritage, the genealogy had tracked along the Mediterranean up to, to Britain, all at that <coughs> same time frame. And so it's pretty and cool. How about how about the date on that? Do you know? I, I just, I know, no, it was uh, 4,000 years ago, so 2000 BC. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Some time ago. Obviously, and you can find great stories like I do. And I got that through they, uh, their, uh, their daily dispatch, which they send out there because I signed up years ago for it. And I look forward to it. Freedoms with an S, freedomsphoenix.com. By the way, I had to you know, use uh, some search site to find Phoenix because I simply can't spell it. Freedomsphoenix.com. Let's go to Dave calling in from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, I have an update on Carla Garrett. Ah. 
Well, tell me, tell me what happened, and then tell me what the update is. Oh, nothing bad. Uh, Carla, Garrick, Carla Garrick is a, a police accountability activist in Manchester, New Hampshire. She's also a free stater, and uh, she uh, has been she's gonna be doing policing of her own uh, later this month. In fact, she's been doing it about weeks. Uh, they're doing not policing against people, but against garbage. They're trying to clean up Manchester by doing uh, litter pickups on a different street each each time. Okay. So how's that going? Uh, I don't know how many people are getting turning out, but at least you're doing something. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 good to have people picking up garbage. I don't know what it's going to do to make us freer, but there you go. It's certainly, it's it's it's, it's good PR. Uh, Dave? I'm having trouble hearing you. I don't know if you can hear me, but that's I hear all you I fine. have to tell you. Okay. okay, thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. The wonders of modern conveniences. Sometimes these communication devices, they just don't work the way you want them to. No problem. I've got show prep. <laughs> so, uh, as I'd said in the previous uh, segment, that uh, the, the Thai government has gone and taken over a basically a houseboat that was floating around uh, 13 miles out of the uh, outside the international border of Thailand. And... Basically, they um, they threatened these people and scared the heck out of them, and they left. So, um, just quoting the guy here, he says, oh, "That's L. Wartowski guy." Uh, he says, um, "We just wanted to be free, if just for one day." Ocean Builders, the company responsible for placing the seastead, uh, their post on uh, the crackdown says the seastead is in the process of being demolished by the Thai Navy, and reiterates that although Chad. And Nadia, uh, that's the two, the couple there, are safe for now. Understand that Thailand is currently being run by a military dictator. There will be no trial if they are caught. They are already they already demonstrated that by being judge, jury, and executioner of the historic first seastead. So the Thai government apparently claims that the seastead ha- was a hazard to shipping lanes. Ocean Builder's response to that is the seastead is six meters wide. It has a very bright anchor beacon and is a registered AIS beacon that can be detected by any boat with any sort of navigation in the vicinity. The group further says that the Seastead was in uh, a heavy fishing area with many, many fishing boats trawling the water there daily. The fishing boat captains used to wave at Nadia and Chad as they passed. Uh, By the way, they did some trade with them. They bought fish and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were in no way bothered by the floating home. The seastead takes up less space in the shipping lane than a shipping uh, than a fishing boat. Plans to sell and build new seasteads by ocean builders around Thailand are on hold. One would uh, imagine. Yeah, El Wartowski has uh, told me in the past, and this is the author here, uh, that by his understanding, the law did not require them to get the Thai government's permission to be where they were, do, uh, what they were doing, and uh, where that what they did. Apparently, the Thai government disagrees. Mm-hmm. In an email responding to her, and and I I tend to agree with uh, Chad L. Wartowski on this, but mm-hmm. the governments don't follow laws. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I was thinking, is there any international court where you can even sue a national government? There are, um, but it's not going to be of any use um, if the government doesn't ascribe to that uh, the national crim- or the international criminal court, then. They don't care. And if they decide to withdraw because of a ruling, they can. Yeah. And the United States, for example, does not. The, so the, the United States does not. You know. If the United I guess Sta- banana republics don't. 
if you set up a seastead outside 12 mile 13 miles out from uh, the United States uh, you know ports or whatever and they decide to say mm, we're annexing that little bit that's right. just we're, you're under our control now what are you going to do about it yeah, I mean, what could you possibly join the million millions of Americans who have had their stuff stolen by government? Yep, government just does what it wants to do. It's just a bunch of unaccountable people working in an inefficient system. I mean, functioning as a criminal gang, the most successful criminal gang in a given geographic area. They don't like that assertion, but what's the difference? Yeah. What's the difference between a criminal gang and a government. I mean, they have rules written down. They have systems for, uh, you know, determining things. But ultimately, the laws they pass aren't for you, aren't for them. They don't pass laws of themselves that they follow. They pass laws on you that you're to follow. This is a nation of laws. Well, only for the serfs. Shepard Book from uh, Firefly said that government is just a body of men, usually notably ungoverned. <laughs> right, highly <laughs> ungoverned. So, anyway, in an email uh, t- uh, responding to a request for comment today, El Wartowski says that he and Summergirl, that's his uh, woman that was with him, I, I, don't, I don't propose to know their relationship, uh, were on shore enjoying the Thai festival of Songkran. Terribly sorry for any Thai people out there. I have no idea what that is. Uh, were they we, tying one on? They were tying one on. <laughs> we read on a uh, Thai TV site about our project. It was basically a combination of various articles, but it uh, started out with... The threat to national security. And when we read this, we immediately knew that we were preparing to do, they were preparing to do something. Well, they were clearly fit to be tied. (laughs) The media in Thailand is a mouthpiece for the government, so they were setting the narrative to be accepted by the Thai people, he wrote. He initially heard and believed that the seastead had been demolished and decided when associates told him the Thai military would be gunning for him, we bugged out. And apparently it was demolished by Thai fighters. Yeah, so... Anyway, TIE Fighters, that's funny. We don't know at this point, but that's a good pun. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE is in Free Talk Live. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live. Call in about whatever is on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Rich Paul. Tell you about the Edge Wallet. So, if you've heard about cryptocurrency... How did you find time to develop this thing? (laughs) They just took my name. Oh, okay. It is the best-named wallet in cryptodom. Very edgy. It is edgy. Uh, the Edge Wallet is uh, it's good for the iOS and Android, and if if you have cryptocurrency, you have to have a wallet to put it in, for those that don't know. Uh, I endorse this wallet. I say it's the best wallet, and I've got lots of good reasons. So, for one, and I think this is important for any wallet you choose, 
you want to have it user-controlled. You don't want to have what they call a custodial wallet where somebody else keeps your money. Mm. I lost something like 15 Bitcoins, I think it was. Maybe it was uh, 25 Bitcoins. Don't! can't remember what the number was in the my bitcoin wallet fiasco and i think this was in 2011 okay now what how did this how did this fiasco play out basically it was a website where they gave you a bitcoin address you sent them the money and then when you needed to withdraw you did okay it was just somebody else's wallet it was a custodial wallet so they they kept oh, okay. they custody of your bitcoin and, and then, then they went away and then they got hacked i'm using air quotes here Right. Um, and then after they got and said, sorry, all the Bitcoin's gone. We have nothing. Oh, well. And then um, the people who had some Bitcoin there said, hey, you know, Bitcoin's about um, one of the things that big people could do with uh, an anonymous currency. And in 2011, it certainly was anonymous. Um, an anonymous currency is they could put a hit out on somebody. I think you should find those uh, that cryptocurrency. And they're like, oh, we found it. We found half. <laughs> and so they kept half and they gave, and they gave back half. They bought their butts back. Yeah, they did. Uh, so anyway, uh, I got half mine back. I'm just saying you shouldn't have to deal with that. I hate it when that happens. You won't have to deal with that with the Edge Wallet. In the Edge Wallet, you can buy Bitcoin. You can sell Bitcoin. You can trade Bitcoin. You can securely hold um, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, all cryptocurrencies, uh, that are out there, all the major cryptocurrencies, basically. You'd be surprised at the number. Ethereum and Monero and Ripple and a bunch of ones that you wouldn't even expect. They're a veteran team. They've been building since 2014. And uh, you can get the go get it. Just go to edge.app. E-D-G-E, edge.app. Edge.app. And it's great. I think the best part, the best feature about this, besides controlling your own uh, currency, because lots of them could do that, is that you don't have to memorize long series of words to secure your uh, Bitcoin. You just have to have a username and password. Everybody's familiar with that. It's the easiest one to use. Edge.app. There. Let's go to Sarah calling in uh, from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I just want to say that our state, New Mexico, we need um, to increase our legislative session to like six months per year. Why do you want to give those criminals more time to talk? Well, I mean, think about it. It's one month, one year, and then two-month session another year. Okay. So, I mean, how do we get anything done with it being so short? I mean, I, I, I'll ask you, who has the lo- shortest session in America, other than New Mexico? Like, I don't do you know, know any other state? That have that short of a legislative session? Not off the top of my head. Uh, but, you know, honestly, what I look for in a government is one that doesn't function very well. So uh, I find that to be an advantage. It, however, has not moved Mexico up the list of freest states in America. So they've managed mm-hmm. to do some really tyrannical things, even though uh, they're not on the list. No man's life, liberty, or property is safe while the legislature is in session. Yeah, that's the truth. Who was that? Mark Twain, I think? Probably, yeah, Samuel Clemens. Well, but but I'm just saying, but, uh, and another thing is we have a special session like every year, Uh so there's nothing special about it when they have to have another, they run out of time, they can't get nothing done, so they have to have a special session, but again, Mark, I'm I'm reaching out to our listeners, our yes. New Mexico listeners. Well, I don't know yeah, how many I'm not of them there are. But, 
I mean, so I have to approach this uh, as a general topic, uh, uh, Sarah, as opposed to a New Mexican topic, because I have uh, not only New Mexico as uh, listeners, but 49 other states. Um, so I have to look at this as the standpoint of, is it a good idea for legis- legislators to have longer or shorter sessions? And, um, you know, although I have no control over how long the, the legislative sessions are in New Mexico, I'd say that um, it looks like they're getting plenty done there. Well, I mean, they they have run out of a lot of time, and they have to have a special session. And what I'm saying is that this worked, like I said, 100 years ago. 100 years ago, it was fine to meet up for a month and do everything and go back on your horse for two weeks and go back to Roswell or Las Cruces, you know, three weeks on the horse. But now we have, like, 30 times the population. The problem is we, get, we cannot get anything done, I mean, as efficiently. You know, as we should, and New Mexico is like we're always on the bottom of the list for all the good things. We're on the bottom of the list. I well, um, Sarah, look at, look I'm at always scared of people who use the term efficiency with government. I mean, government is the least efficient organizational model known to man, and no one will argue with that. I mean, they're not efficient. They they're um, useful in so much as you can force other people to behave as you wish them to be. They're an organization of force, no doubt. But um, as far as efficiency goes, it's hard to use that term to describe government, isn't it? Well, I mean, but that, I mean, the I mean, whatever you think, but that's what we well, have now. I, I guess that's what I would ask here is, is, what do you think about here? This article we're reading in Reason dot com. Two people set up a houseboat 13 miles out that's in the international waters outside of thailand and the thai government said they're a threat to security so they sent the navy out after them they apparently they're 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 uh, attempting to charge them with a crime that has the death penalty basically treason so what do you think well you know i you know what i i'm a communist and you guys are libertarian i have a different take on that i think we need government, but, you know. But, but what about that? Me, Why? What about that action, though? So what? They were making what on the waters? A houseboat. They had a houseboat. A houseboat. Yep. I don't know. It's just, the, it sounds like a stupid nonsense, you know. I the mean, death penalty I for a house, houseboat it. is acceptable. Hmm. But I. I, I I do not really know. A government, Sarah, a government that can take one thing from you can take anything from you. Because if they uh, are justified in using force to take one penny from me, then they're Mm. justified in using force to take every penny I own, right? I mean, like, either way. There's no... Are you aware that the communist... Are you aware that in pursuit of economic control, the communists killed a hundred million people in the last century? I mean, that's like almost ten times Hitler. Uh, how can you still? I mean, now that you guys have accidentally whacked a hundred million people, what should make us trust you enough to take another whack at it? The, all the lives that were uh, lost in communism, I, I do not think that it's a communist. 
I, I think people died in revolution. I think that's the reason why there are so many lives lost. Well, actually, that's, that's not the case. I mean, it's well documented that Stalin came into the Ukraine, which was once the breadbasket of, Euro- of Europe, took all of the grain, literally left zero for the farmers, and let them starve to death. Now, why did he do that? He did that because they were what he called class criminals. That means they used to be prosperous, before he starved them to death. That was their crime. You know, the communist mind sees wealth as sin and wipes it out. Wipes it out. And then you wonder and, and why communist countries are always starving. Haven't you noticed that when you leave people alone, they never, ever starve to death? But every time you idiots try to implement communism, people starve to death. Why don't you Let's stop? Give her a second here. Sarah, you got 10 seconds. But I don't know. You know what? I, I, I think that's, um, that's a bunch of, bunch of Call in and talk live. That's what we do here. Let me tell you about our Discord chat. If you go to discord.freetalklive.com, you can uh, you know, download the app there. Uh, it's on your phone. And not only can you chat with the hundreds and maybe thousands, I don't know, lots of people that are subscribed to that. Lots of people that are subscribed to that. But you can also call in. We have a uh, system there. Basically, it's a voice over IP system. And like Skype, if you guys are familiar, but it works a lot. Except easier. not run by Microsoft. Yeah, it works better. And we got rid of Skype basically just functionally just got impossible to use on the air. Well, also, Mike, any big company like Microsoft is going to violate your privacy if they're asked to. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to pay a billion dollars for you to be free. That's the truth. So <laughs> if you go there, get the download the app, you can uh, call in. You'll sound great. The, uh, the voice quality is significantly better than phone lines. But, uh, you know, please do that. It's discord.freetalklive.com. Going on with this story from Reason Magazine about the Thai Navy apparently uh, being feeling threatened and invading a what they call a seastead, which is a, a houseboat. I've actually got a recap for what happened. Do we oh, have time for what it? What is it? Well, a man with a tie tied up his house, houseboat near Thailand. The tie were fit to be tied and dispatched tie fighters to sink the house beneath the tides. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, there you go. So here, the the guy, uh, L. Wartowski, Chad, uh, says, I'm just going to go Chad, <laughs> says that as of now, the Thai government has uh, not yet moved or destroyed the seastead as the beacon is still broadcasting from the same spot. So we're getting some kind of uh, conflicting stories about it. And by the way, that this is from yesterday. So I can't guarantee that they have not yet done anything at this point. Not my, not my sure. thing. Just reading the story here. We don't have a man on the scene. We don't have a man Where's on the scene. Where's our guy? Where's our guy Coming out to there? you live from the helicopter flying above the seastead. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Mark. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs>
So Patry Friedman, who's the founder of the Seasteading Institute, co-author of the book Seasteading, How Floating Nations Will Restore the Environment, Enrich the Poor, Cure the Sick, and Liberate Humanity from Politicians. He's also the grandson. That sounds groovy. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff, right? He's also the grandson of Milton Friedman. Really? Yes. Let's see, that's one of my heroes. Yep. He he made me a libertarian. Milton uh, Friedman is great. I'd say his son, David Friedman, is um, uh, a better thinker, if not a better communicator of the ideas. Milton Friedman's hard mm-hmm. to argue with. It was a really great communicator, you know? Oh, Uncle he Milty. was a fantastic communicator. Yeah. And he managed to put things like a lot of times when people talk about free markets, they sound mean. Yeah. And he was great at not sounding mean and, you know, and of maintaining like he, he used the phrase all the time, people of goodwill. People of goodwill can can agree that higher standards of living are better than lower standards of living. And he always managed to maintain that uh what what is that term from from debate there's pathos oh i don't know the i'm sorry oh um i don't study these terms because i don't want to get hung up hung up on them <laughs> oh okay it's uh i'll let you think about it okay so in his book uh let's see uh Patrick freeman has written in a facebook post describing the mistakes he feels uh chad's team made uh, while their location was 12 nautical miles out from Thailand, he notes, it is still in what is legally considered the country's contiguous zone, where a state has many rights, several of which seem to likely pertain here. He adds that even being 200 miles from land does not necessarily create a magical realm of freedom where you can just plant a flag and be independent of polity. There are many rules and regulations that apply, including the need to plug into international law through the flagging system for a vessel, or coastal state approval for a fixed structure. Friedman also writes that anyone trying uh, that strategy needs to be aware that they would be outside all human systems of legal rights, with zero rights other than what you yourself can enforce with your diplomatic, economic, and military power. And this is why the Second Amendment should cover recreational nukes. (laughs) (laughs) Against anyone... (laughs) Anyone like a nation state who, um, anyone like a nation state who would bother you in any way. Sorry, I didn't have the. Yeah. the well, the it is the right true place that you can accept, expect to be without protection against nation states or pirates. The thing that I don't understand is what justifies the nation states acting like pirates. Pirates I and mean, emperors. What yeah. are they really afraid of? Somebody's living. I mean, if somebody had a had a big yacht anchored out there would they do the same thing how does a how does a houseboat suddenly become it's bad simply the rhetoric that's all it is yeah. it's quite simply the rhetoric if the person in the houseboat said i'm free of government influence come out and park oh, i'm sorry the, the person with the yacht says i'm free of government influence come out here and park near me we're going to create our own little community of uh people who are free from government influence They'd receive the same problems because it's the threat to the nation state that they feel. Have you seen that uh, John McAfee has uh, designated his yacht as his 2020 campaign headquarters? <laughs> Probably for very similar reasons. I 
I mean, I don't know if Hillary Clinton's running, but I wouldn't want to run against her while being under the jurisdiction of the U.S. government. Well, She's got a, a lot of lackeys and cronies out there. When you find that uh, the news story where uh, John Mackey's, uh, or excuse me, John uh, McAfee's uh, yacht blows up, you'll know what happened. Well, that's the thing. I've thought of that, too. It doesn't really make you harder to kill when, you know, your potential murderer has satellites in orbit that can, you know, take you out very reliably without what they like to euphemistically call collateral damage. I don't know. It'd be kind of hard to find the right boat. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of intelligence to find the right boat. I don't if they track, know. If they're tracking all the time, maybe, but they really don't have that yet that I know of. They don't have like yeah. a satellite all the time, you know, videotaping. Well, what's I going assume, on. I mean, he is a computer hardware guy or a computer software guy, but a computer security guy. So I, I guess he is probably able to shut off whatever transponders that boat has. I mean, most boats have transponders eh. that are going most of the time. Don't they have. They? So they have beacons you can turn on in an emergency. They have U, uh, VHF or UH, UHF uh, receivers that uh, broadcasters that they can, you know, you can pick up the like talk on the walkie-talkie kind of thing, marine band uh, uh, radios. They have radar and in the sense that they're looking for boats and radar in the sense that they're looking for weather, but they don't really. Yeah, there's not what. Having having a thirty uh, five foot catamaran and having sailed it from New London, Connecticut to Sarasota, Florida, I can tell you there wasn't some map that we could buy that had all the boats broadcasting their transponder beacons um, at any given time. Oh, that's definitely true, and nobody in their right mind would do that because you know there are pirates out there. Pirates are still a real thing; they always will be. Well, that's what you said pirates. It reminded me. What's that St. Augustine quote? Pirates and emperors are, um, you know, basically the same thing. Um, there's a there's a really great uh, schoolhouse rock parody called Pirates and Emperors. If you ever have a chance to watch it, just go to YouTube, search Pirates and Emperors. Oh, I'll definitely check that and out. And it is so awesome, especially the first uh, half of it or so, where they basically just go and compare pirates and politicians. What's the difference ultimately between these people? In the case, Saint Augustine says, uh, you know, the the I guess Saint Augustine's reporting on what a pirate said, and basically, you know, what meanest thou um, to you know hold me in contempt for seizing uh, a uh, you know for for sailing on a ship when you know thou hast a, a navy? What meanest thou um, you know when uh, something uh, taking possession of the hostile possession of the seas when you take the hostile possession of the whole earth? Um, you know. And and really just lays it out that the pirate to uh, I can't remember whether it's I think it was Alexander or whatever, um, more or less just set, just laid it out that there's really no difference. You have this veil of legitimacy in the form of a crown. And that's the only difference. A pirate is not always a hero, but a ruler is always a villain. <laughs> I wouldn't say that a, high, a pirate's generally a hero. Sometimes they write good I, stories. That's the Jack, thing. Jack, Jack They're Sparrow's not a great always, pirate. So you. You know, you could conceivably have a uh, Ragnar... Lothbrook. Uh, what? Ragnar Lothbrook. Was that his name from Atlas Shrugged? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was th- thought you were talking about the uh, the, the Viking uh, conqueror. No, I was thinking about her pirate who just sank aid ships. You know, I, I read uh, Fountainhead, and I never made it all the way through Atlas Shrugged. Sorry. Oh, I, I loved it.
855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. What is it costing you in vet bills for that convenience of just pulling open a bag of formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits that cost a ton of money anyways? How do you feed your dog to derive not only energy, but a good coat, bright eyes, and a great attitude? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I found his raw meat diet on Dynavite.com. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and the Super Omega on top of it. Try Super Omega fish oil. Buy two. Get one free. Ground beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then the Lico Chops. Try Lico Chops. Buy two. Get one free. It just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. Adding Dynavite to their diet has every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked. Their skin is so much better now that they're on the raw diet, I don't even give them the kibble anymore. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. I I can't hear you, Charles. Well, um, I, I don't want to tell you. They uh, can turn turn up your mic or your headphones if you'd like. Okay, now I've, now yeah. I've got it. Yeah, there that's that's the issue. Okay, thank everything's you. fine. Uh, <laughs> I always turn. You're using my normal headphones, and I'm an advocate for ear health. Uh, and I keep them down real low. I just want to be able to hear the minimum. I don't want to be blasted out. So that's, yeah, uh, I, I keep them up real high because it's too late for me. Yeah, um, could I, be the reason. I should have listened to you twenty years before I met you. It's uh, it's Mark with you. <laughs> it's Mark with you and Rich Paul. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go right to the phones. It's Reviler calling in from Florida. Rev, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, my friends. I uh, made a promise to some other people there that I wouldn't call. I just had to this one time since those people are not there. Um, You know, I don't want to call in and bash other callers, but it's relevant. Sarah, she's good entertainment. I thought she was a nice lady. Now I think she's a butthole. I mean, she's an admitted communist. Thank you, Rich, for pointing out that the commies, if anything, were bigger scumbags than the Nazis killing literally, like you said, 10 times the amount of Hitler, and you just gave her the information which she can find from numerous sources, and she's still delusional. So tell me again why communists should not be fed into wood chippers. Um, Because, you know, well, I mean... I think it's a stray sand The rule. thing is, some of them can be repaired, and the reason that I say that is that when I was 18, I would have described myself as a as a Marxist. And yeah, I would have it, described myself at, at one point as basically, not a Marxist, but a communist. And, yeah. and, you know, there were a number of thinkers who led me away from Marxism. Uh, the first being, of course, Karl Marx. When I actually read him and, and read things like The Dictatorship of the Proletariat... I just had this Kramer voice in my li- in my head going, I don't like the sound of that. Um, 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, and basically reading Robert Heinlein when he wrote about the Soviet Union uh, gave me the idea that the dictatorship of the proletariat has turned out just about the way it sounds like it would. Um, well, that's, <laughs> that's essentially what the Democratic Party is looking for here in the United States and not much yeah. different than the Republican Party is looking for here in the United States. Well, that is the bottom. Right. That is the result of democra- of democracy. Yeah. That is when when they say that communism is indivisible from democracy, I agree that it is. And the reason yeah. is because it's it it's easier to make poor people than it is to make rich people. Oh, yeah. So all you have to do is yeah. make enough poor people and then you can vote away whatever the rich people have amassed. And with nobody accumulating capital, of course, there are no businesses to work in. There are no jobs. There's no production. There's nothing to eat and everybody dies. Yeah, and what you just said there is one of the reasons that one of the few open racist such as myself, who, who was raised in a multicultural home, by the way, and who does not hate all of any group of people, but, you, you know, when you racist? recognize more... Well, uh, you recognize... It's simple, Mark. You recognize more patterns of trash, so to speak, in certain groups than others, and you recognize one group at the top that we won't mention. They tend to wear funny little hats that, uh, you know, are, are kind of um, conducting all this. But the, but the point is, real quick, to what Rich just said... Yeah, I think at one point, I mean, I was a big SJW and all this stuff. I think I was a borderline, like, cultural Marxist, at least. But really mm-hmm. quickly, for, for th- there's this cognitive dissonance. I'll get off the phone here soon, too. But if you study the tenets of Marxism and you read Marx, like I know you guys have and a lot of your listeners have probably been exposed to it, but the average dolt, the average little college butthole that wants to be rebellious or something and stick it to their uh, Trump-voting parents and calls themselves a, a communist, right, that look at it. It talks about the uh, the dissolution of private property. It talks about the centralization of communication. Again, the Nazis are it's basically you know, not the home. nicest people. When it comes when if you're a yeah. if, if if you're a seventeen year old you mm-hmm. pretty much are living in a communist dictatorship. Um, I mean, you're, you're getting the mommy yeah. and daddy. Thanks for the call, Rev. I, I think of it as even you... more like a school than a home. Because yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, everything is controlled by the government. The, the, uh, maybe that's a good uh, analogy, but I think that in many cases, what's uh, attractive about uh, uh, communism and, and socialism to some extent, and I don't think mm-hmm. the Jews have anything to do with it, whatever Rev might say, I don't care. That sounds like nonsense to me. I but mean, whatever. Mar- Marx was descended from Jews, so but who cares? Right, whatever. You know, Lots of libertarians uh, are Jewish yeah, too. Yeah, so, so is uh, Ludwig von Mises, right. Murray Rothbard, Rothbard Hayek, um, uh, Milton Friedman. Right, libertarianism know. owns uh, its uh, philosophy too. And Rand. Was she uh, Jewish? Yes, she yeah. a Russian Jew. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't because why? Because I don't pay attention to that stuff. But somebody posted today on Facebook that said something like, "More Americans support uh, like what well, they're called what the Democrats are calling Medicare for all." Now they don't want to say single payer health care. They don't want to say socialized medicine. They they call it Medicare for all, and they're saying more Americans appreciate it or uh, you know want it. Well, so what? If we, uh, what I responded to, well, let's take a poll of high school sophomores and ask them what they think about, uh, you know, how brain surgery should be done. I don't care what ignoramuses think on a subject. Yeah. I care about what experts think. But ultimately, when it comes to economics, most people 
uh, the experts disagree too. Well, the other thing is, you know, whatever somebody has, think of any prosperous person. Think of uh, Donald Trump and do a poll. Do you want what this guy has? They'll be like, yeah. Yep. They I'll take it. it. Yeah. Why not? Sure. You know, and that's the thing. Why not? If I can jack him with impunity, why not jack him? Why not jack everything he has? Sure. And the answer is because that kills the goose that lays the golden egg. He's not going to produce anything more once you've jacked it a couple of times. But what does anyone care? As long as their life is okay... What do they care? Because uh, you know, when you start- well, unless you're terminally ill, you should be thinking past a six month time horizon, and oh, there comes a less- time. It's probably more than that. I mean, if you well, it if- depends. There's a lot of fat in the United States, right? Um, Venezuela, not as much. Yeah, and Venezuela though was a very rich country. It was the richest country in South America before Hugo Chavez took over. That's that's the amazing thing, and now the literal starvation. Now, um, to be fair, the other side, what, what you know, the other side of the coin in the United States is basically this crony capitalism, this uh, corporatism, whatever terminology you wish to describe what passes for capitalism in the United States is also impoverishing to people uh it is impoverishing to some people and it's enriching to a lot of the the wrong people when you have crony capitalism a lot of people who aren't really producing they're not makers they're takers and the idea of capitalism is that the wealth should go to the makers not the takers right um and the the trickle-down economics which i know people hate this term it's now very out of uh out of vogue but the thing is is they never tried trickle-down economics well they use trickle down economics as a as a blind as a as a ruse to rob build yeah. and rob people. i mean trickle down economics was always a straw man and no, there was never there were, it's a theory that never had a proponent it only had opponents okay and that's the mark of a straw man in public debate didn't uh, reagan have uh was it reagan a reagan never used the phrase trickle down economics david stockman never used it who is reagan's uh economist i believe okay um i i hope i got that name right it's been a long time since reagan um but no, none of those guys um, ever actually used it. It was coined by some Democrat because it sounds ridiculous. Trickle down. It implies that just a trickle is coming down. And what what economists are really talking about when I talk about economic growth is more John F. Kennedy. A rising tide raises all boats. OK, we're sure. back on the ocean now. Well, um, the, the, the problem with that is, is that um, people... Uh, are now even though poor people are better off around the world than they ever have been in the course of human history somehow it's still a problem because the wealth gap is growing well this, but let me explain the wealth gap very quickly if uh, my uh, income is a hundred dollars an hour and yours is ten dollars an hour and we both see a doubling of our income um, i have two hundred dollars an hour you have twenty dollars an hour we both have had our income double, but the wealth gap has also doubled in between us. And now that's unfair at a disparagement, even though you're twice as wealthy as you were. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE-FREE-TALK-LIVE. Talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Rich Paul. 
855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin-related. So if you're just a neophyte getting into cryptocurrency, well, head on over to uh, Bitcoin.com and check out all the news, right? They they are uh, huge proponents of Bitcoin Cash, which is the Bitcoin that's best used, uh, you know, most most designed as a cryptocurrency as opposed to like a store of value. But they also mm-hmm. give great news on other crypto uh, ventures that are going on out there, and they don't take they're agnostic as far as the technology when it comes to um, you know the philosophy behind it. Now, if you've got a philosophy that's messed up behind your cryptocurrency, they'll be certain to call it out. If you've got flawed technology, they'll be happy to uh, to mention that. And you know, I I, uh, I I'm glad that they do. But what you need is you need information on about how to get a wallet, where to buy Bitcoin, uh, how to spend Bitcoin. Places like SaveAtPurse.com. Bitcoin.com allows you to do that. And if you've been around for a while, they've got the latest news. Uh, they've actually got a Telegram chat if you want to get your news delivered right when it comes out. Or you can engage with the community at the Bitcoin Forum. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. Yeah, I do most of my trade in Bitcoin Cash. I, I, I it's Well, there was recently a bump up in transactions uh, back to you know heading back up uh, more transactions going on in cryptocurrency and you saw transaction fees on um, you know the major network BTC mm-hmm. go up to a dollar twenty five who wants to buy something and like you buy a cup of coffee or a hamburger which you can do here in Keene New Hampshire mm-hmm. right downtown well why would you want to pay an extra dollar twenty five who wants to do that with Bitcoin mm-hmm. Cash you're paying like uh, if if it if it's two cents it's probably less mm-hmm. than that. See, I'm bitter against BTC, and the reason that I'm bitter about against BTC is when the futures market came online, when uh, Bitcoin was getting press after press after press, that should have been the moment in the sun for cryptocurrency and it easily could have been if the people running btc had just swallowed their pride and installed the kludge of doubling the block size or even tripling the block size just to buy them enough time to find the right solution because then the devil wouldn't have been at the door but as long but when you've got people waiting two weeks because you wouldn't make this simple tweak to your transaction and you've got transactions not clearing for two weeks. That means that the development team has chosen to willfully drop the ball for people who entrusted them with their money. And I am completely with Roger Veer when when I when I say that uh, Bitcoin Cash is the follows the true bitcoin philosophy because i think the basis of the true bitcoin philosophy is make it work and bitcoin cash made it work and made it economical yeah they did it pretty quickly they took a beating during what we've recently called uh, crypto winter as far as pricing goes but all coins did um, oh yeah but they went down against the original btc 
Mm-hmm. However, my prediction has always been, um, you know, they, they basically held steady at this point, uh, at, you know, re- relatively recently, and they did, saw a recent run up. But my point has always been when the run up occurs, Bitcoin Cash will perform uh, 20% better than a Bitcoin, 20% better or better. And well, it certainly should because the coin itself performs a hundred times better. I mean, I I bought some Bitcoin cash from a from a friend, just cash out of his wallet, and uh, it it cleared in seconds. Seconds, yeah. Dash clears in seconds. Yep. Bitcoin, last I looked at it, I don't look at it much. Didn't clear in seconds. It cleared in maybe minutes. Maybe is it still sometimes hours? It's probably uh, well. It would it would to fully clear. It would have to be an hour generally. But um, you know, right now it's performing right. okay because there's not a lot of traffic on the network. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that the the Bitcoin BTC team. Uh, the, this term Bitcoin's difficult to uh, to nail down because. Anything that came from the Bitcoin line is a Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin, BTC is Bitcoin, you know, whatever. So Bitcoin- oh yeah, everything's Bitcoin. It's it's become a generic term. So um, basically, they're calling it a store of value, and I think that it functions as that. Hopefully, it will hold value. But I, it became valuable because mm-hmm. it was a cryptocurrency, and now it doesn't function like one. So I find that to be a problem. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be right. Yeah, I don't see it as being a store of value because I don't see it as offering any value Uh, that can't be. I mean, I look at a cryptocurrency as more or less each each coin is a share of stock and the company is this distributed group of people that is making the product work, this making the network work work and they're valuable for the same reason that paypal is valuable because they're operating this thing at a profit and i there's no reason for for btc to be worth 10 times what bch is you know or i don't see any reason why they shouldn't be trading at about the same level if, uh, if you, look, you should look into this, listener, you should look into this uh, this uh, disagreement. You may come up with different. Uh, this is not financial advice. <laughs> I'm not even me. I'm playing a character here. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you, um, I'm prior rich. The the place to start your research, I believe, is Bitcoin.com. If you don't know anything about this, find out more. Go to Bitcoin.com. You can find out more. And. Uh, I just want to finish up real quick. We had this article that we were talking about in the last hour about the Thai government going after the seastead um, out in the middle of the Indian Ocean, uh, 13 miles from uh, Thailand in international waters. And there's a little last bit here. Patri Friedman, the grandson of Milton Friedman, uh, has also been uh, set up the Seasteading Institute, founder of the Seasteading Institute. And he has some comments on the Thai Navy coming after, just sort of saying, hey, it's not as easy as just setting up a houseboat in international waters. He says, until seasteading is big enough to change the system, Patri concludes, our beliefs about what international law should be, mm-hmm. our imagined individual rights, or our perception that the nation state is unjust, they're all irrelevant to present strategy. We need to acknowledge the system in which we'll be working for the next 10 to 30 years because... Only with a clear understanding of the present can we create our desired future. So the question is, what exactly do you have to do? Do you have to, like, obtain a black market nuke in order to be taken seriously? Or Lots you... of nations don't have nukes. 
Yeah, I, I guess that's true, but they kind of get grandfathered in. Yep. And it seems like a lot of governments are actually not run by the government themselves. They're like somebody else's puppet. I tend to wonder, I think that there's basically uh, three, four sovereign nations in the world. Certainly a handful. There's a handful of sovereign nations, yeah. and the rest are just provinces, really. Yeah, they're he- they're hegemons. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Call in, talk about whatever you want here, live on the radio. If it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we are here doing our thing on Free Talk Live. And you're welcome to call in. It's open to you. It's Mark with you. And Rich Paul. So uh, I don't know if this story, Rich Paul, I tend to think that this has probably been covered on Free Talk Live. It certainly should have. But uh, you know, neither one of us are here every night of the week, and I want to talk about it, so I'm going <laughs> to. Um, I'm down. This is from ABC News, and there's a story here where a Pennsylvania officer won't face charges for shooting a suspect inside the police station. Not just inside the police station, inside a holding cell. Oh, that guy gut shot the dude. Yeah. yeah. Unarmed and shot the guy. Let me read the story to you so that uh, we get uh, the, the news as it is reported here. Pennsylvania police officer will not face charges for accidentally shooting a suspect in the stomach while uh, a police station, well, in a police station last month, the district attorney okay. announced Friday. First off, let me cut you off right there, because any gun owner knows that there's no such thing as an accidental discharge. There's only a negligent discharge, because when you're in possession of a firearm, you are required, even if you're me, you are required when you get to the point where you can't handle a firearm to hand it over to somebody else, you know? Um, well, negligence you know, sounds like it ha- carries consequences, and they certainly don't want to do that. No, no, they don't. Yeah. It's, so it's accidental when a law enforcement officer does it. And this is the point I'm going to make here mm-hmm. at the end of this, is that this isn't about making a mistake. Although, um, you know, I'm curious about that, too. I'm sure the guy has gotten shot here, uh, has some questions. But mm-hmm. this isn't about making a mistake. This is about responsibility and how it falls on you and me versus how it falls on those that work for the government. Now, the government, uh, we, this, this term seems scary. But remember, it's just an organizational model. It's just people. 
a government is basically a double O corporation. It's a corporation that's licensed to kill. There you go. Uh, Pennsylvania police officer will not face charges. Uh, say Bucks County District Attorney, whatever, Matthew, something, declined to press charges against uh, a New Hope police, a Pennsylvania police officer who apparently meant to pull out his taser, but instead drew his gun and shot a suspect inside an interview room. The suspect uh, was rushed to the hospital in critical condition, but survived. Brian Reiling was his name. This is an honest mistake with an unfortunate consequence. And uh, Weintraub, let's see, this Weintraub guy says, the conduct uh, was neither justified nor criminal, but excused because the officer honestly believed that he was using his taser when he shot Mr. Riling in the stomach. And probably made everybody in the room deaf, by the way. Um, uh, my tonight is. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> what happened was the suspect was put in the room. And he was asked to sort of pull his pants down. They were shaking him down, as they do for people who are going into cells. I hate it when that happens. Something fell out of his pants, probably drugs. And Oh, not the thing that always falls out. Right. The I didn't see that. Um, and then a, a struggle ensued, basically. The cops jumped on him. He was trying to get the thing, whatever it was, probably going to swallow it or whatever his plan was. And oh, within so gross. Seconds, seconds, like, and I'm not talking about 10 seconds. I'm talking mm-hmm. about three or four seconds. This officer pulls out his firearm, which weighs different. It may be shaped similar to, similarly to a taser, but mm-hmm. usually police officers' uniforms have uh, a gun on one side and a taser on the other. And those tasers that they carry are boxy. They don't feel like a gun. Well, I wouldn't they be can't able to, feel like a gun. I wouldn't be able to say one way or the other, but this is probably... Um, practicing over and over and over again to pull your service weapon. Mm-hmm. And um, so he went to, you know, what was automatic. Yeah, who does faster out of practice with a taser? Right. So he shot a man for f- uh, misdemeanor drug possession. Wow. And that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, basically, if the status of a drug user in the United States is little better than that of a Jew in Nazi Germany, you know, just for being who you are, just for, you know, living your life the way you choose to live it, not hurting anybody. You don't have to hurt anybody to qualify this. You can be dragged off the street and not see the light of day again for months or for years. And what would have you happened may a, end up dead I'm not if sure you that I end like your, up in their criminal justice system. I'm not sure I like your analogy. So one could stop being a drug user anytime one wishes, largely. Um, but one couldn't stop being Jewish from an ethnic standpoint, right? Like you could stop being a Jew from um, you know, a religious standpoint, but you're stuck being a Jew from an ethnic standpoint, especially if you're 100%. So I, I don't know if I like the analogy, but nonetheless— mm-hmm. The but rest of but the still, stands. it's certainly a lifestyle choice within your rights. So you're not you're you're right that you can't change your ethnicity, but um, you know it's uh, it's it's kind of like well, you know, why don't you just obey the law? And and the answer is because this is the only life I get. Okay, and and I have goals for it, and some of them include uh, visions induced by psychedelic drugs. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not willing to give up my goals because some local mobster or some 
foreign mobster says, nah, you can't do that. We we want you to to take poisonous uh, antidepressants from Big Pharma instead. Well, I'm not going to do that, and it's my life. Let me tell you uh, the thing that saves this officer in this, uh, this story. It's uh, pretty good. So anyway, the surveillance video goes on from the inside of the police department showing Riley dropping something consisting of a drug baggie, according to police, and certainly looked like it, on the ground while adjusting his belt and jeans. His uh, steps on the baggie and then a uh, scuffle ensues. The two officers, they try to remove his foot from the top of the object. Riley is described as fit, six foot four, 240 construction worker in the district attorney's uh, release. One of the officers shouts, Taser, um, and reaches to his right hip, but instead draws his service weapon and fires one shot into Ryling's uh, midsection. Ryling collapses on the ground, holding his stomach as the two officers immediately leave the cramped interrogation room. Mind you, this guy will be forever messed up. I mean, you know, being shot in the midsection by a gun, uh, you're, you know, like, you're, you'll be lucky if all you have is a colostomy bag out of this. Right. He probably will never walk the same and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Riling initially isn't Hopefully clear Hopefully he'll happened. be walking around with a couple mil, though. What's that? Well, Hopefully maybe. he'll be walking around with a couple mil. This does happen sometimes uh, where there's a unjustified shooting uh, by a police officer, and he, although he doesn't get charged. Mm-hmm. Something similar to this happened in Los Angeles in the subway. The officer thought he was tasering, tasing somebody, and he shot a suspect in the back who was mm-hmm. handcuffed. Well, the thing is, prosecutorial discretion is unquestionable. And what that means is that, you know, if a prosecutor brings charges, you can defeat them in court. But if a prosecutor fails to bring charges, there is no recourse. And a lot of these prosecutors just say, no, we're not going to bring charges against the cop. We'll never even know his name. We can't even try him in the court of public opinion because it says right here um, the officers not being named uh, named as charges were not filed would uh, would have been justified in using his stun gun according to this and I would say that's true. Um, you know I I would say they would have been justified in walking away, closing the well, door, and that's even the guy alone. Uh, and that's fine. I'm just saying from their from their rules inside their thing, this is a bad shoot. Yeah. And individuals who are not police officers who are involved in a bad shoot often mm-hmm. go to jail. Individuals who are As police officers should. don't. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE as in freedom. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty three. It's Mark with you and Rich Paul. Going through this story here uh, from ABC News about uh, a police officer shooting a man in the police station and doing it by accident. Now, you know. Or it's, negligently, as non-cops would say. That's right. Negligently, I think, is a, a, it's a better term. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's good to hold people responsible for their actions. And mistakes you need to be responsible for, too. I mean, if you intend to pull a taser and shoot somebody with a taser, 
You need to be responsible for that. Let me real quick. Let me tell you about any uh, pay. If you've got your own business, um, and you want to take cryptocurrency, you probably should take cryptocurrency because, well, at this point, there are people who want to spend cryptocurrency in your business, and uh, you'll probably get a news story out of it too. It's uh, the local news often likes to to promote that, but you may not know how. Just go to helpmetakebitcoin.com. Helpmetakebitcoin.com covers it all. Basically, all you need is some kind of point of sale device. Whatever you're using, they'll be able to help you with uh, you know that system. Probably a tablet um, is, uh, is is the way to go. And then after that, you'll have to set up a wallet. Easy. They show you how to do that, and you're off to the races, more or less. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. Well worth your time and energy if you promote it is the way I see it. They also have a map over there at uh, that's connected with helpmetapebitcoin.com. So you'll get on the map and people will find your business that would not otherwise find your business. And I think that's worth it. Back to this story from ABC News. This officer in Pennsylvania shoots a guy in the holding cell while he's uh, they're all sort of struggling over some, some drug probably that fell out of the, the guy's pants. And he meant to pull the taser. By the sounds of it, it seems legit that that's what he was trying to do. And then he negligently, as you pointed out, uh, Rich Paul, uh, pulled his gun instead and and shot the guy in the gut. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I mean, I tend to think that if this if the situation were tra- changed around and it wasn't a situation of a, um, you know, a, a government person, uh, a government employee shooting somebody that all the laws would come to bear immediately on you. Yeah, I can't imagine it would have been, um, it would have gone as easily on that prisoner if he'd, you know, reached into his butt looking for some drugs and pulled out a Derringer instead and accidentally shot the cop with it. You know, I think that would have ended up very badly for that prisoner. Yeah, I suspect he'd go to prison for the rest of his life if he survived the experience. Yes, um, but you know, like if it was in your front yard and somebody committed a misdemeanor on your porch, cause that's all this is at this point is a misdemeanor, right? Drug possession, minor drug possession. If somebody co- committed a misdemeanor on your uh, front lawn and you shot him over the misdemeanor, not over yeah. threats to yourself or anything, just shot him over the misdemeanor. I think you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. And we're talking about a misdemeanor that shouldn't even be a crime. Yeah. That's um, the tragedy of it. The, the, the New Hope Police Department here, that's the, the name of the municipality, says released a statement saying the department thanks District Attorney Weintraub and the members of the office for their thorough investigation and report. The police department has no further information to release and no further comment on this matter. We've We're investigated ourselves and determined that we did nothing wrong. <laughs> right. That's they, they do that often, don't they? They, just they come... really do. Yeah. They're, they're very good. Apparently, they never do anything wrong. Right. So the, I guess there's some kind of um, law in Pennsylvania that says, according to Section 304 of the Pennsylvania Crimes Code, a person has a defense to a criminal charge if he makes a mistake as a matter of fact for which there is a reasonable expl- ex- explanation or excuse. So this really gets this officer off, right? 
um, you know, there was a, a claim where uh, was, the officer said taser and then pulls the gun and shoots. And with that, coupled with this law here that says a person has a defense to a criminal charge if he makes a mistake in, as a matter of fact for which there is a reasonable explanation or excuse, and basically he's done. Now, I don't think that means that the uh, municipality is going to be off the hook for paying the medical bills and likely some punitive damages to this man that uh, got shot. I got to see this uh, this video. Um, what I guess for me is is that shooting videos are fortunately not nearly as bad in real life as they tend to be on uh, in television, right? So this mm-hmm. guy, um, his reaction, strangely, uh, the the guy that was shot was uh, was that a gun? You shot me with a gun? Now he was the guy just said taser and shot the guy. Like and I imagine everybody in the room's deaf. Bang. Right. Wee Right? Like that yeah. you know, that sound. So the guy's probably thinking, Oh my god, getting tased is incredibly painful. <laughs> you know? I don't know if you even feel it. I bet you the I bet you it's so shocking that you really don't even feel it. I don't know. I've seen people getting tased who look to like uh, they just went someplace else, and I've seen people who looked like they were in a lot of pain and made a lot of noise. Um, but you know, I've never seen anybody shot, and hope I hope never too. Yeah, see, I was reading uh, the Declaration of Independence the other day, or actually re- listening through. to a dramatic reading of it, All and right. a couple of the complaints that the colonists had against the king might sound familiar. For quartering large bodies of armed troops amongst us, for protecting them by mock trial from punishments for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. And, you know, and also for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world. Well, this cop was in the... Per, was his purpose was to cut off this guy's trade and whatever in the form of drugs drugs that he had. He was a member of a large body of extremely well armed militarized troops, and now he's had a pretended trial for at least a negligent. Uh, I I would call it. I guess I guess you can't have negligent attempted murder, can you? Or <laughs> attempted negligent homicide? Is th- those aren't things? It's are manslaughter. They? Um, attempted manslaughter is that a it thing? would just be manslaughter oh, okay. well, like um yeah this would be i don't know um this is frankly this is an aggravated assault is what this is but uh, yeah i i don't know um and i'm sure the guy who got shot was aggravated <laughs> it's highly aggravated i imagine that when thinking about this uh the situation from the the standpoint of a drug user you're, you're doing here i i don't know i don't feel like america's ready to even talk about drug legalization although i think it should across the board so uh-huh. if you look at places like portugal and um amsterdam a variety of places where they basically decriminalized or made it legal to possess small amounts personal amounts of drugs you don't see the problems from a criminal standpoint. You can actually see in Portugal where they've passed these laws and incarceration rates changed, costs changed. I mean, they may very well attempt to force you into treatment there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you're basically on your own. And if you yeah. want to do drugs to the point that uh, it kills you, well, isn't that your choice, ladies and gentlemen? Shouldn't well, yeah, you be able to I kill would yourself think with so. drugs? What's terrifying to me, especially with the specter of Medicare for all, 
What happens if they give me Medicare and decide to just force me into treatment for the rest of my life? That's what's going to happen. I decide to keep doing what I'm doing. And they've got an infinite fund of money. It's a great way to fund your cronies in the drug addiction business. Once you know, I have to There pay- was no heroin problem in the United States when you could buy heroin from Sears and Roebuck by mail order, which was true... Uh, Actually, I don't know if it was heroin. I think it might have been morphine. But but the I think thing it's, is, said heroin. I, yeah. you, that's right. There was there was heroin. Yeah. Um, heroin was just a name brand. Yeah, because that's the first thing you extract from from the poppy. Well, uh, heroin's came along later than other opiates, but um, you know, nonetheless, the this nation was built by people with free access to opiates. Right. I mean, and anybody who says otherwise doesn't understand U.S. history. Yeah, and, and it didn't stop anybody. Everything worked out just fine. If you want to talk and, about the deterioration of the United States, it started about the time that they began prohibiting substances. I'm yeah. talking about alcohol and then uh, you know all the rest of it. Yeah, well, 1905 and 19, uh, 1913 are years that will live in infamy. Um 1905 for substances, 1913 for uh, the Federal Reserve, the income tax, and one other thing I can't recall. I don't remember that one. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live has found that though U.S. financial institutions are prohibited from doing business with foreign gambling websites, it's not illegal for U.S.-based Internet users to gamble on those sites. People have been using VPNs or virtual private networks to connect to sites like games.bitcoin.com and play games with Bitcoin Cash. Games.bitcoin.com features poker, blackjack, roulette, craps, keno, slots, and dice. You can conduct your own investigation at games.bitcoin.com. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. If it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, seven days a week, 365 days a year, we are here taking your calls. That's our commitment to you. At least our commitment is to attempt it. I mean, there's been moments in time when, well, technical difficulties have made it diff- We couldn't get on the air exactly when we wanted to and stuff like that. But, you know, by and large, it's a pretty safe bet. 99.9% uptime guarantee here on Free Talk Live. Nice. So we, you know, we've been all over the board tonight, as we tend to be. We talked about a, uh, a houseboat being invaded by the Thai government. We talked about a cop shooting a guy for um, over a bag of uh, weed, apparently. Uh, you know, some lady called in to defend communism. Uh, all wow. kinds of stuff. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin BTC versus Bitcoin Cash, whatever. But Rich Paul, I have a story here that I I've been wanting to get out with you on the air, so I uh-huh. got my opportunity from the Sun.co.uk. Are you familiar with this uh, this uh, this uh, upstanding Pulitzer Prize winning uh, organization? Uh, I am. Okay. Well, 
I don't know if they're Pulitzer Prize winning, by the way. I'm kind of using that with tongue-in-cheek here. Men's beards carry more germs than dogs, including bacteria and facial fuzz, study claims. That's because dogs have longer tongues. (laughs) (laughs) Men with beards carry more germs than dogs, including deadly bacteria in their facial fuzz. A hair-raising study has uh, found you are a uh, bearded man. I am a bearded man. Yes. And I just want to get your opinion on this, whatever they have to say here. Uh, researchers discovered that nearly half of all sampled beards hosted bugs. I presume bugs being, uh, they're just trying to be as gross as possible. I presume bugs being bacteria. And remember, humans are covered in bacteria, just yeah. to be clear. Well, not to mention that, I mean, the more disheveled you are, like part of becoming disheveled is if you're a man, you tend to become bearded so if they're doing an average um average uh level then i'd like to know you know how many of these were disheveled homeless guys hobos right yeah yeah i don't have an answer to that the study was trying to determine whether there was a risk of humans picking up a dog-borne disease from an mri scanner that was also used for examinations by vets In examining the beards of 18 men and uh, necks of 30 dogs for a number of uh, breeds, scientists found that even hounds had uh, lower levels of microbes than the beards surveyed. And I think that it first should be pointed out that dogs have different, like bacteria, different bacteria are dangerous to dogs than it are to humans. So, you know, when they say a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth, well, yes, that's because humans carry more diseases that can be passed to humans than dogs do. Uh, yeah, I mean, one would think that dogs can catch diseases from other dogs and humans are more likely to keep catch diseases from other uh, humans. It was uh, certainly not unusual for me as a child to have my face and mouth licked by a dog because I'd have food on it and dogs were all over the place at my house. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand different people have different thoughts on it, but I was raised at the in the home of a... Uh, of a dog handler. My mom is currently a delegate to the American Kennel Club, and uh, she, you know, we've had dogs my whole life. In mm-hmm. some cases, a dozen in the house at once, if you count like puppies and stuff like that. So, yeah. They I mean, do count as dogs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they do. If you count the souls, as far as the poundage, they don't they don't count as much. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. If you, if, you know, if you'd said... Uh, we had 1,200 pounds of dog. It would be a different thing. Yeah, I haven't done the, the weight calculations. Professor Andreas uh, Gutzert of Switzerland's whatever clinic here. Um, let's just presume it's a good place. The researchers found a significantly higher bacterial load in specimens taken from men's beards compared with dog's fur. The study found all the bearded men aged 18 to 76 showed high microbial counts while only 23 out of the 30 dogs had high counts. Well, that's still quite a bit. And the remainder had moderate levels. Seven of the men were shown to have bugs hazardous to human health. That's more what I'm interested in because everybody's got bacteria. End yeah. Of story. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole flora and fauna in your gut that is necessary to keeping you alive. And one thing I've noticed, at least on Facebook, there's uh, there's a lot of salvos fired in the non-bearded direction by the bearded guys. And I, I'm just ready to fire a couple back. Um, and that's one of the reasons yeah. I, I wanted to bring this uh, the story up and to get See, your thoughts on it, I don't understand that. Why? I mean, to me, it's just like, 
you know, yeah, I I have a beard. It's it's never occurred to me that other people should have beards or, you know, that I should be concerned about whether or not they get sick from having a beard or get sick from not having a beard. It's just completely none of my business. And, and I'm of the opinion you know, that some men look better with beards. Now, I'm not, you know, not, most people aren't coming to me saying, Mark, should I have a beard? And right. I'd have to I'd have to see you without a beard. I'd have to see you with a beard, and then I'd come up with my determination. But I will definitely say that there are epic beards out there. Your beard is full. If you don't have a, uh, if you've got sort of spaces, if I can see your skin through your your beard, then I, I kind of question whether you should be growing a beard or not. It's a beard of shreds and patches. <laughs> I don't know where that quote's from, but uh, sometimes uh, it is. It's from Hamlet, only it's a king of shreds and patches. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, if, if you want my opinion particularly on you, I'm always happy to share an opinion on whether or not somebody Groovy. should have a, a beard or not. In your case, I think you pull it off. Right, uh, um, you know, it doesn't pull off. You have to shave it. <laughs> right. Well, then you uh, unshave it off. Um, but you know, there's other people who don't. I think that mm-hmm. there's probably a minority of men that can actually make a beard look good. Mm-hmm. And there are some men who are going to look good whether they have a beard or not. There are some men who are going to look uh, uh, good. Uh, they're going to look bad with a beard, period. And there's some um, that have to have a beard in order to make it look good. Um, mm. You know, that's basically how it comes down. I had a friend in high school who, uh, excuse me, in, in college, who had a scar on his face and he wore a beard to cover it. But I'd always seen him in a beard and always looked good. And it was a full beard. So, you know, it all made sense to me. Mm hmm. I think that it's fair to say that the more surface area there is, the more likely you will have bacteria. There's just more surface uh, area for bad mm-hmm. bugs, so you have to keep things clean. Yeah, um, and the other thing is I would assume that part of it is just you do get food in your beard sometimes. Yep. And How could you not? You know, yeah. I and get food so, in my face sometimes. You know, and dogs are actually very handy in taking care of that. It's the <laughs> easiest way to clean your beard is get near a dog. Yeah, I suspect, uh, you know, the, I, people don't think kindly of uh, of dogs, like, you know, licking your mouth and then, you know, kissing or whatever it is that goes on after that, I tend to think, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, my understanding, and this might be an old wives' tale, but I've always been told that uh, the saliva of dogs actually has an antiseptic in it, and that that's as a result because they lick their wounds yes um and so that it's actually supposed to be good if you have a wound and you don't have any other treatment let a dog lick it i'm not sure it's good for a dog to lick its own wound but i'm reasonably certain that it is good for a dog to lick your wound so they just don't carry mm. the bacteria that uh, tend to affect humans much so right. i would say that they're they just clean it more or less um right. you know and well, they're, they're the other thing is, if, if you've got, I mean, you're not going to catch a disease from yourself. If it's in your wound, it's probably also, or if in, if it's in your mouth, it's probably also in your wound. I don't know. Mouth's or a pretty dirty blood. place. I don't. I'm not going to recommend it. I don't know uh, as far as dogs. I keep go. mine, you know, immaculate. But one thing that kids do is one <laughs> of the first things they do. They get a cut. They stick it in their mouth. 
you know? Right. And so it's just a natural thing to do is to clean a wound with your, your mouth. I think uh, I'm not yeah. I'm not recommending that, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> I just thought this was interesting. I want to get your take on it as a bearded man and what your thoughts were on, uh, on, on beards and bacteria. You're welcome to call in with your opinions, too. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free is in Free Talk Live. with you and rich paul lots of liberty-minded folks are going to be um this year from june the 13th to the 18th at uh, fork fest 2019 it's at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire and it's a great party in the woods now you can set up fun things for people to do that uh, i don't know they get they compensate you for or whatever uh that's completely up to you that but there's no ticket cost to fork fest now, there's, of course, you have to... You don't rent. have to fork anything over. You don't have to fork anything over. You do have to fork something over to camp there at Rogers Campground. I mean, obviously, that's, the place isn't open for free. But, mm. uh, you know, beyond that, it's just hanging out with people, doing whatever you want to do. I generally just go and, like, rent a corner of somebody's campsite or crash in my car. There you go. I'm for- starving activist. Forkfest.party. That's Forkfest. Dot party. Go get there in the ch- Telegram chat or the forum or um, connect in all kinds of ways. Forkfest.party. Love to see you there. And speaking of starving activists, don't forget about tips.freetalklive.com. Is it tips.freetalklive.com? Yeah. It's tips.freetalklive.com. There you go. <laughs> so, Rich Paul, I wanted to. That sounded scripted. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you this story. It is about. Well, what what you'll often hear is is when people talk about weapons of war, assault uh, rifles, or whatever the term is that's being used to describe rifles that they don't like, right? Pretty much yeah. every rifle out there is semi-automatic these days. There's a few bolt actions and you know things like that, but more or less, you're you're seeing many rifles that are semi-automatic, right? Now they can have larger magazines than others. Some states mandate smaller magazines. Some states uh, states will let you have. Uh, I think it's up to a thirty-round clip. I guess you could probably have a barrel clip uh, of a hundred rounds if it was still semi-automatic. But a lot of people will say, "What do you need that for?" Well, you need weapons of war specifically for war, and war is always a possibility. You know, the Second Amendment, I went to a military academy in high school, and what they taught me is the Second Amendment is what supports, this was from a per, from the point of view of a person who was in the military, he said, the Second Amendment exists so that the civilians can shoot us if we get out of hand. And when he said us, he meant military and law enforcement. I um that's that's what the second amendment was put in place for it's pretty clear yeah. that uh, people had just just finished doing just that um you know the united states uh you know exists because the founding fathers became so unhappy with their government they were willing to shoot at center of center of mass mm-hmm. in the form of people because that's all government is mm-hmm. and what i would say is is that there are sometimes instances that uh, a semi-automatic rifle in your house as a defensive weapon, is 
probably in case some weird stuff happens. But sometimes weird stuff happens. Yes. Um, of the Rodney King situation where, um, you know, there were riots in the streets in Los Angeles and shop owners used guns to protect their business. Rosewood. Yeah. Um, I believe there was uh, some terrible, there's been terrible things that happened. And in they all were kinds defending of- their business against racial violence because there, there was a black majority which had a lot of antagonism toward a Korean minority that was running shops there. And the, there had always been tension between those two groups because, uh, you know, the it was felt that the Korean shop owners were exploiting the people they sold things to. Yeah, I don't really understand that uh, particular philosophy. But I will say I that either. I don't like, you know, a lot of there's been a lot of violence in the United States has been racially motivated. And it yeah. hasn't you know, it's not one particular race doing it every time. Oh, no. But, um, you know, if you're <laughs> you never know when for whatever reason, somebody's going to decide you're the bad guy and do something. But let me tell you a story that uh, that happened here. This really seemed to be that particular issue, but I'm kind of curious as to what's going on. They don't they don't talk about race in this. Not that they you know, not that th- this is aimed at that. This mm. is just about sometimes crap goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Houston, Texas from concealednation.org. A man fought for his life against not one, not two, but five armed men who broke into his home. This gun owner was prepared for a fight and utilized his AK-47 to defend his home and his life. Two masked men went into the home where the 20-year-old resident was. At first, he thought it was a joke, but quickly realized these armed men meant business. When they demanded cash, the resident complied, or at least... That's what he wanted them to believe. He said that he was going for what they wanted, and he reached under the couch. Instead of pulling out money, he pulled out his AK-47 and began shooting the suspects. Yay! Three of the men were killed, and the other two were injured. Yay! Both injured suspects were taken to the hospital, then arrested. So here's a quote from the article. The defender uh, pursued the invaders into the front yard. A pile of brass in the front yard has been described as being from several different guns. The defender continued the gunfight with three occupants of the car that delivered the two home invaders. The group fled the scene in the car. The car crashed a couple of blocks away. One suspect was found in the car dead. One wounded suspect was found at uh, Capitol and 71st Street. Uh, He was the suspect that died at the hospital, and the third suspect from the car was wounded, fled the scene, and was being treated at the hospital. I can't get clear on whether three men died in this or four men died, but certain, um, you know, certainly mm-hmm. this guy successfully used a military-style assault rifle, mm-hmm. an AK-47, indisputably a military rifle um, yeah. in, the, in the form of... A- well, that's not necessarily true because a, a semi-automatic AK-47 still isn't really... A, uh, it's not the same as the AK-47, which is used by military, which is fully automatic. Yeah, what do you want a fully automatic gun for, anyway? You can't even hold the to thing down. To shoot an awful lot of people. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna... To, to create cover fire is what you want fully automatic yeah, for. Yeah, well, to create cover fire, to create fear, uncertainty, and doubt, yep. which is part of what you want to do when you're launching an attack. Um, 
you know, and there are times when you have to go on the offense, you know, there may well come. I mean, I ask Democrats all the time. Okay, so let's say Trump is literally Hitler. Let's say he starts herding Muslims into camps. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) What are you going to do about it, little Democrats? Are you going to howl at the moon some more? Are you going to scream at the sky? What has that profited you so far? What you need to do if you don't want this to happen is take up arms and stop it yourself. And in order to do that, you have to have arms. And that's really what it comes down to is is government is an organization of force, right? It is an organization that uses force. It gets its power from we the people, as they say. But this much is true, is that any point that enough people are angry enough to the government to pick up arms, it really can't survive, whatever the government is. Oh, absolutely not. It is a hard time surviving unarmed people in the street like France. But I'll tell you what, if Frenchmen had guns, the French government would be gone. That's probably true. Uh, considering how much they rise up on a regular basis. 855-450-3733. Now's your time to call in about argue about guns. 855-450-FREE. This is a special alert for business owners, consultants, coaches, folks planning retirement, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is saving and investing to build a financial future. You are likely aware that financial privacy for most people has recently died a miserable death. And let's face it, Without privacy, there really is no security, is there? Bankrupt governments and banks on the verge of collapse are perhaps the biggest threat to your financial future today. The Lighthouse Law Club recognizes this and has been working diligently to provide safe, secure, and productive tools to ensure your privacy, your financial security, and your future financial well-being, despite the catastrophes which many people fear are looming ahead of us. Find out more with a variety of free videos on the YouTube channel for Lighthouse Law Club. Just search YouTube for Lighthouse Law Club and secure your future today. to defend his life and his house from the bad guys here. And so many people will ask you, well, what do you need a weapon like that for? The answer is, what if five armed men come in your house? And that's what happened to this guy. You got to shoot them, mofos. You got to shoot them. (laughs) Um, Let me tell you about our uh, Twitch and uh, DLive channels. If you want to see us streaming, this is a great way to do it. Go to twitch.freetalklive.com, and uh, when you do, just go there and leave that browser open. We're trying to get enough people on these channels so that we get sort of partner status. We're doing okay on DLive at dlive.freetalklive.com, but we could still use a little help on Twitch, twitch.freetalklive.com, and leave a browser open. We'd appreciate it. Just uh, helps run our streaming numbers up, and at some point we'll get partner status, and that'll be good or something. We're thinking about doing some kind of contesting there to make uh, people happy. See, I think we should have uh, Bitcoin 
uh, giveaway contests of some sort. Ian's been working on that. I think that that's going to happen here uh, in the near future. I think that would be a wonderful thing, uh, and all especially better. if hosts can enter. All the better. I need to build up my coin stock. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so going on the story where uh, um, three guys, well, well, two guys break into a home and there's three guys in the getaway ca- car. By the way, why do you need three people in the getaway car? Um, sounds like you just had two cowards along uh, for the ride is what it sounds like. But the well, guy also could be backup. But the thing is, in that kind of a in that kind of a situation, you really want all the shock and awe you can get. Right. So I don't know why one person in the car makes sense, but I don't know why you would leave three in the car. That's, yeah, it's, uh, it makes sense to uh, that they would have gone in, and maybe this wouldn't have happened to them. But nonetheless, they demanded it, money from this yeah. guy. They wore masks, demanded money. Maybe they didn't have enough masks. <laughs> they wore masks. Oh, maybe that was actually it. Uh, demanded money and got shot at by a guy with an AK-47, more or less. Mm-hmm. The resident, this is the guy with the AK-47, was not wounded during the incident. The police do not expect any charges to be filed. What this 20-year-old did was something that couldn't be done unarmed. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to do, this isn't the situation, this isn't a situation where you want a handgun. What, mm-hmm. the, what the Marines say is a handgun is a weapon that you use to fight your way to your rifle. Right. A rifle is something that you want to have if you've got a fight going down. I mean, you need to put yeah. you need to put bullet down uh, bullets on tar- target. You want mm-hmm. a rifle. No, a handgun is very effective against an opponent with a handgun. It's it's generally sufficient. But yeah, if you have an opponent with a rifle, uh, you want to cap the first one, and you want to take his rifle, and you want to use his rifle against you know any remaining bad actors. Going on, the uh, the resident showed skill and maintained his cool under pressure. His approach of pretend compliance is what made the self-defense uh, as successful as it was by completely catching his aggressors off guard. By the way, the element of surprise is always what's important. Mm-hmm. This is what I say is, um, you know, How a gun. to be a better criminal. If, if somebody's holding a gun on you, a gun is nearly useless. Sorry. You're not going to bring it back, bring it to bear before he can bring his finger to the trigger. Right. You're not that fast. You know, it's not saying it's not a good idea to have a gun on you for certain circumstances, lots of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if somebody's holding a gun on you and trying to rob you or whatever, it's probably not a good idea to play, uh, you know, rootin' tootin' cowboy with them. Um, you're probably going to end up dead. So as a gun owner, you've taken on a certain responsibility. One of those is, and apparently this uh, this gun owner took on this responsibility, one of those is, where do the bullets go downrange? My mm. father stressed this constantly, mm. is you've got to constantly be looking at what's behind what you're shooting. Right. If you're just trying to shoot something, well, I mean, you know, the bullet's going to come, going to land. It's going into something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll go through the thing you shoot into something else. You're responsible for every place that thing goes. And that's one of the important safety reasons for using hollow point bullets, because hollow points expand on impact. Now, yes, they do more damage to the target. And from my point of view, that's a good thing. But also they're more likely to get caught up and stuck 
in flesh. the target right. or in a cinder block wall that might not stop a, uh, a, a hollow of a, a full metal jacket bullet. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. I haven't heard that argument before, but it makes perfectly good sense. A hollow point is intended to sort of balloon out when it hits something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, makes a it gets much bigger. Now, of course, that makes the impact uh, hole big. It makes the exit hole, if there is one, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, usually that's not the case. But I mean, it's going to destroy flesh and organs and things like that. Yeah. Well, even if it does leave an exit wound, though, it's going to be a much slower moving projectile than it would have been if it was full metal jacket. And, you know, bullets are tiny. They're not heavy at all. The only reason they do any damage is because they're moving really fast when they hit you. Absolutely. And it this is uh, the reason I read this article is this is one of those stories when people ask you, what do you need a weapon like that for? This is the reason, because you never know if four, five armed people are going to attempt to uh, rob you. Now, I recommend if you're being robbed for, you know, know, some money or whatever, give them the money. But the thing is, is that you don't know if they're just there for the money. What if they took this money and just capped this guy? You never know whether that's what's going to happen. And that's a that's a very strong possibility. Very strong. I mean, I would say if somebody is actively robbing you with violence, I would say the best thing you can do is cap him. Um, if you can, you know, if this guy if got lucky. you can, he well, he got lucky, but he was also smart. He handled it. Uh, he handled it well. You know, you can. Uh, there was a time when there were a couple of guys in man, or actually a guy and a girl in Manchester uh, trying to rob me, and. Uh, he uh, started out with a sucker punch, and we wrestled around a bit. But at at some point, uh, uh, she yells, where's the body? And I yell, this in my trunk, which wasn't true. It was in my pocket. But that was enough to demoralize them because they realized that there was no way they were going to get my key, get out onto the street, and get to my car and get money out of my trunk without killing me. You know, and guile helps. <laughs> guile, you know? guile helps. It, uh, you have no obligation to tell the truth to somebody who's attempting to rob you. This is including why I say, a police officer, right? Uh, well, or, or but an IRS to agent. them, just don't talk because they will actually put you in prison for lying to them. For lying, right? But uh, this is why I say that it's completely morally acceptable to lie on your tax return. Oh, this absolutely. Is, this is just a form the government makes you fill out so that they can rob you properly. Yeah, and and also it violates the guarantee against self-incrimination to require you to fill out a form. The 13th Amendment is very clear that that there's no involuntary servitude except for the uh, commission of a crime. Right, so that means that they can't make you do something unless you've been convicted of uh, a crime. Then you can basically be – then you're basically their slave, right? That's Mm -hmm. the claim. Well, then what is the income tax forms, all these forms – if it's not involuntary servitude, don't I have to fill these things out? Isn't there a one year uh, sentence, basically potential sentence for people who don't fill out tax returns? I don't know. I've, That's what you'll be told. I haven't filled one out since 1999. Well, um, that was, I, I, applaud I had anybody. one filled out for me last year, the truth be told, but I didn't fill it out. The government filled it out? No, no, Melanie did. Okay. A person filled it out. Yes. She is a person, yes. Yes. Um, well, I think all of them are filled out by people. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yes, they'd have to be. <laughs>
a million monkeys pounding on a million typewriters, right? Yeah, but then you have to have an editor read all these things and sort out the ones that are correct. You have to have a million editors. At least 100,000. Yeah. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. Mark with you. And Rich Paul. Final segment. We might be able to squeeze you in. The number is 855-450-3733. Want to thank our amplifiers, everybody who's uh, who's ever donated and still continues to donate to the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. There's no show on the air in the world like Free Talk Live. Certainly not on 200 radio stations nearly across the United States. Can't wait till we actually hit that number so I can punch that 200 number. Nearly 200 radio stations. Um, and if you want us to continue to reach more people on more stations, it's simple. More money means more people reached. End of story. We need to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, and that's what the Amplifier program does. And folks like John Ray, well, they make it possible. Thanks for being a silver amplifier, John Ray. Amp.freetalklive.com. Well, thank you, too. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. I keep writing these things down, make a list, but I, I the list keeps getting longer because I can't share them fast enough. We have a... So today we have, well, there's multiple things today, but one, one of them is a, a Judge Pamela Smith in New Mexico. And she uh, she got uh, caught, I don't know, last year the Supreme Court got a hold of her. Now she's, I guess she's finally going to get charged with uh, New Mexico judge accused of stealing from dead man's estate. Oh, She had uh, wow. the uh, KRQE's got this, Al- Albuquerque Journal's got this, uh, some other places anyway. With the little racket that she had going, she got herself elected to be a probate judge. So when people die uh, in test state or, you know, without a will, they need to go to probate or, or if there's arguing over the will. Um, she had a dead guy come before her court. Apparently, he didn't have any family. And, uh, oh, but con- conveniently, she was not only the probate judge, but she was the, the coroner. So... She responded ah. to the dead, guy, the dead guy's house to check out the dead guy and then discovered that he had no family, but he had $280,000 in, in uh, assets. And so what she did is she had, she, in the court document, she put her husband down as his only next of kin. <laughs> this is just too funny. She put her own her husband down as this guy's only next of kin, uh-huh. and, and then, they started, then they started taking his money. Uh, to the tune of a two hundred eighty thousand dollars. Sure. So, what else would? Please, I mean, please. Pardon? Yeah. Like, what else would they do? Uh, they'd, they'd have to liquidate everything to to get his money, right? Um, yeah, well, of course, of course. Yeah, he didn't have any family, so they. I mean, it was a public service. Pardon? How did she get caught? I I don't know. So far, the the stuff that I'm seeing on the uh, well, I haven't looked at all the articles, but the the uh, the articles I do see have not had a whole lot of facts uh, or not as many facts as you'd like. I see the Albuquerque Journal has more facts than KRQE had, and I don't know how, uh, I, don't, I haven't discovered yet how she initially got discovered, uh, but uh, uh, I'm sure that as the details come out, it'll be rather 
ra- rather entertaining. It's a good story, so, David. Who's the victim? The, uh, all of us, society. So society. So, I mean, I, if, so the government would have taken these uh, these assets and and then wasted them on something. Well, frankly, I would rather a corrupt judge spend it all on cocaine than have the government get it and spend it on putting people in prison. Yeah, but I mean the guy the guy the guy couldn't possibly have been completely isolated from the world. There had yeah. to be so he had to have some uh connection uh probably to some blood relative. If he had any blood relative uh that that was alive, you know no, no matter how distant, they 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 and there was nobody ahead of them, they would have had claim to it. So at least somebody related to him would have benefited from the the life of their their blood relative, but instead, you know, some greedy judge uh, saw that there wasn't uh, enough close relatives to notice that she was going to help herself to that money. So uh, the victim is all of us for having for having a government that that uh, apparently, I mean, for for if you got judges that are bold enough to try to pull this stuff off, that means that you know, uh, I, I mean, not I enough checks and balances, fault. right? Like these people aren't being yeah. held accountable enough. If they figure they can stick their hand in the till and no yeah. one's going to know, one wonders how many times she's done this before. Honestly, well, yeah. Yeah, well they're her, che- yeah. unchecked, and a lot of them seem to be unbalanced. So, <laughs> so this isn't good. I, I, I guess I, I think you're right. There, there's somebody who's uh, blood related in that. Allah, you know, there's a second cousin twice removed somewhere that this money belonged well, it to. Says right- as I scan this, as I'm talking to you, it says right here, uh, 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 one of the quotes in the article in the journal is um, uh, moving, let's see, move nearly $300,000 from Domingo's accounts into their own, uh, ignoring, quote, ignoring, quote, living heirs entitled to the estate, end quote, which is uh-huh. what I had just said. So so they're citing here that she ignored living heir, heirs, so apparently there are there is somebody. Yeah. Um, and and uh, that. That who who would who would rightfully rightfully be entitled to that money um, if the guy died intestate uh, uh, you know by you know by law and by by reason that's who that money would rightfully belong to. Well, this but is so that's, that. who, so that's who the victim is asked and answered. I would agree. Another thing is, yeah, is this it, is a great instance when to talk about wills, um, ladies and gentlemen. Have one. You, me, Rich Paul, and David are all going to die. Everybody's going to die. And to have a piece of paper that indicates who you'd like your stuff to go to is a reasonable thing to have done. There's if, lots of fact, ways to manage. you actually have any stuff. Well, I don't have so, any stuff. You should still have it, just so the people know who you want to have your junk. I mean, you've got something. You've got you to uh, yeah, you know, get a shirt true. on your back. I think everybody it's should nice have shirt. one. Yeah. Go ahead, David. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, uh, there's an opportunity. This guy, I don't obviously didn't have a, a will filed anywhere. Not that that's always the case. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't even know that my will is filed anywhere. But I certainly have one. It's a good guy. A good idea. Right, I got yeah. it through LegalZoom.com. By the way, I think you can still use coupon code FTL over there to uh, get some kind of savings on the will, and it's always a good idea. So LegalZoom.com code FTL. It, what's what's this other story that you had, David? Um, well, there was a, another, as long as we're in the judges, there was another judge this week that, um, uh, I guess I heard this on the radio initially anyway, and then I read up on it, and what this judge did is he lived in whatever neighborhood he did, 
and in New Mexico here. And uh, he didn't like that the kids next door were playing basketball. You know, they had one of those hoops in the driveway. Yep. And he didn't like the noise from the basketball going thump, thump, thump. I, I don't necessarily blame him, but what, what he did to solve the problem is he just parked his car for six months in front of their driveway so that the kids couldn't play basketball in the driveway anymore because his car was, was parked in front of it so that they, they, they couldn't use it. And, wow. and then when the, that, and that was at the kids, the kids' grandmother lived next, next to this judge. And, uh, when, the, when the, um, the grandmother complained about it. Uh, he he threatened uh, to have her, she, her husband was on disability, receiving yep. disability benefits. He threatened to uh, to uh, have his uh, disability benefits. Uh, uh, I forget the term he used, but but ended ended cut off. Yeah, when when uh, so that's that's a civil rights violation right there. When you when oh, you're yeah. a public official and you retaliate against somebody for something that they are lawfully doing that's retaliation and the courts have ruled that as a, a civil rights violation. So that's another wonderful judge here. Yeah, what in is the that state oppression under, under color of law or something? I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. All, all, all I know is I know that it qualifies as retaliation and I know that the courts have ruled that, that retaliation in that kind of, in that kind of manner is, uh, is a violation of another's civil rights. And so, yep. you know, uh, so- here you have just what you have here is a situation where uh, somebody is a, attempting to abuse power that they don't even have right um, once somebody gets power and this is science ladies and gentlemen this isn't something that i'm just saying on the radio as re- rhetoric or anything that once people get power the chances of them not being corrupted become slimmer as the power becomes greater and so right pretty much everybody who's in power is cor- power cor- uh, attracts the corrupt, right? Like, where are the corrupt going to go? They want to go where the power is. Secondly, if it by chance you get somebody who is uncorrupted in power, the chances are that they will be corrupted by the power itself. So now you have the mm-hmm. situation where very, like, a vanishingly few people are um, weren't weren't corrupted in the beginning. Didn't get corrupted by the power, and they're all fighting in a system. If assuming that they still want to fight, um, they're all fighting in a system in, against all these corrupt people. It's not possible. I mean, this is a system. Thank you for the call, David. Appreciate it. Frank Herbert wrote that power corrupt, power attracts pathological personalities. Yeah, and then what's the other one? Power corrupts. Power absolute- corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's uh, Lord Acton. Yep, and you should absolutely go to freetalklive.com. Don't forget twitch.freetalklive.com and uh, open up a window for us. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge here for Free Talk Live. I've got with me Valerie Durham. Valerie, are you there? I'm here. Thanks so much, Mark, for having me on the show. You are welcome, certainly. You and I go way back. You have always let me into Freedom Fest for free to do my little interviews, and I want to thank you. Of course. It's always a delight to have you there, see you on Media Row, pulling people in and getting those great interviews that you do. Your event has more of the interviews that I look for for the Edgington Post than any other place has ever had them. I've never been to CPAC. I see guys like Peter Schiff, uh, Matt Kibbe, 
I've seen Donald Trump. I've seen yep. Glenn Beck, John Mackey, who's the guy from uh, Whole Foods. Right. Those are just some of the names. Judge Napolitano. I even saw uh, m- my wife's favorite interview I did was T. Colin Campbell, the guy who wrote the. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was a few a couple years ago now, but yeah, that's that's great that that she's a fan. Yep, <laughs> he, he wrote the China study, which is dietary study thing that'll show you how to live longer or something. Live longer, live more miserably. I think is really the, uh, yes. the philosophy. <laughs> can't eat anything you want to eat <laughs> right basically it's in that particular diet it's 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 more or less uh, vegetation and like salmon r- irregularly right, right which i like salmon it's good <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's it, it's nice it's just he's probably only having it once a month <laughs> you know whereas right. whereas you know i i'd like to have salmon a couple of times a month and uh then every other meal i'd like to have a little meat too uh, nonetheless it uh, doesn't always work out that way for me so anyway i want to talk about freedom fest i'm um, thank you for right. taking a little time with me it is a great event and i really do enjoy it you. What do you think the reasons are that so many people come to Freedom Fest? Because this is the biggest, as far as population yeah. goes, liberty event in the world. Yeah, thank you. I mean, and it is, and it's it's an absolute joy to work on it every year because it is incredibly diverse. It's interesting to me that you were just talking about the health side and the investment side just in your introduction, because I think that is one of the draws of Freedom Fest is that we are not just about politics or philosophy. We have a really broad range of topics because. Because our feeling is that freedom and liberty affect our full lives and all aspects of our lives. So we have sessions on health. In fact, this year we're working on a major debate about meat uh, with John Mackey of Whole Foods and Bruce Friedrich of Good Food Institute. And they want to debate the ethics and health of eating meat. And, you know, this all goes into the idea of how free are you if you're not healthy. We have debates on health care, healthy living, diet, all of these things. We also have a full investment conference because if you don't have the wealth and prosperity to be able to do what you want to do, live where you want to live, um, avoid what you want to avoid, how free are you? So we look at aspects of your digital privacy, the criminal justice system, civil asset forfeiture, which doesn't sound that sexy, but we make it seem really exciting. Well, we talk Uh, about civil asset forfeiture on Free Talk Live all the time because it's an important issue. (laughs) It's a really important issue. I'm just saying it doesn't sound civil asset forfeiture. (laughs) Really great voice, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, money Um, isn't um, freedom, but it's a pretty close analog. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's right there as far as what freedom um, is to people. And in many cases... There's some great investments going. Um, you know, there's certainly lots of investment opportunities at Freedom mm-hmm. Fest, and some great ones are to be found by people. That's right. So, in addition to our track of sessions, where you know Mark Skousen, who's the founder of Freedom Fest, is also an uh, an award-winning investment advisor, yep. Austrian economist. So he knows that we had world. him on Free Talk Live two weeks ago. Oh, it was fun. so awesome. I mean, oh, good. You know, yeah, I, I'm allowed to be a fan of certain folks in the uh, in the sphere, and I'm a fan of Mark Skousen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he and he really was was the one who created the vision for Freedom Fest. So, in addition to it being really broad, so we can talk about the arts and science and technology and education and all the other things that I've mentioned. We also really eschew political labels. Uh, we really avoid the idea of demagoguing the left, demagoguing the right, demagoguing conservatives, progressives, liberals, anarchists, libertarians, atheists, uh, faith-based religious people. And we all come together with free and open minds and really discuss the issues. So 
we have a lot of debates, we have a lot of panels, and what's awesome is that when you come into a session on a particular topic, you're gonna hear expert opinion dynamically offered, but in a way that you're gonna get a lot of information and be able to make up your own mind. And I think that really stimulates our particular audience, and it's one of the things that brings people there because you're not going to be preached to, you're going to hear new things, and you're going to learn something new that you're going to take forward in your life and be excited about. And it's going to be useful to you. So um, tell me about the uh, the deals you guys have going on there. I know that, um, you know, we at this point you can use uh, coupon code FTLEB and save some, uh, some on your ticket price. But there's special deals for students and uh, military and stuff like that. That's right. We do have uh, deals for students, uh, professors, graduate students, young professionals. Um, and actually, our early bird period has ended. It just ended last Friday on the 29th, so you missed that by a week. But we do have FTL 5050 for $50 off our regular rate. So we still want our um, Free Talk Live people to be able to, to make it to Freedom Fest and enjoy all of that. So anytime you feel like you can uh, sign up with us, just go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and you can sign up with that code FTL50 and get $50 off the registration rate right now. It's a good deal. Um, absolutely. Tell me of some of the big names that are going to be there. So we are super excited for the first time ever, Penn Gillette of um, Penn and Teller fame, the magician, famous atheist, anarchist, libertarian, great spokesperson is going to be on the Freedom Fest stage. He does not do a lot of conferences. That's no. not his thing. <laughs> um, it's not common to see him running the halls of, of different big conferences like this, but he has agreed to come to Freedom Fest. He's going to do a speech about the magic of liberty, do an interview with Mark Skousen, which Mark always gets just last time he did an interview with William Shatner. He ended up literally in a wrestling match with 80 year old William Shatner on the main stage <laughs> and Shatner beat him. Well, <laughs> not that Mark is all that much younger, but still it was hilarious. So you never know what Mark is going to do when he gets on the stage with somebody like Pendulette. And then we have a full Q and a with the audience. So you can ask him questions. We also have Kevin O'Leary of shark tank coming. Mr. Wonderful. There's another shark tank guy there too. Yes, Kevin, Kevin Harrington? Harrington, who was on the first season of Shark Tank and then kind of moved on to some other things he wanted to do. He comes every year because we have this great feature at Freedom Fest called Pitch Tank, which is a like a, a, a version of Shark Tank. Yeah, version of Shark Tank, yeah. Yeah, and so people, business entrepreneurs and innovators come. They share their business and, and product. Uh, our audience can go in and see all of those great, products, vote on them, and then they are up on the main stage, the you know four or five finalists, uh, kind of for a final pitch in front of celebrity judges. So that's really fun. As you mentioned, John Mackey is coming, um, and we have a lot, Stephen Moore, who just got, who's the chief economist for the um, New York Fed New York Foundation, and he was formerly with the New York Times, and now he's being nominated for the Fed, so he's yeah. going to be talking with us. Um, yeah, we just get a ton of really interesting people and it's, and we're still in the building phase. Like we're still bringing people in, but those are our, some of our headliners so far. I saw Stephen Moore, uh, debate, uh, Paul Krugman on the stage there oh, at uh, Freedom Fest and 
talk about classic. It was just so great. Now, obviously, to me, Stephen Moore won, but there are probably people in the room that believe that Krugman won. Um, he, I'm, did, he was really prepared. Yeah, he was ready to go. He had a lot of data, and, pre- and that debate is actually on our YouTube channel. So if you go to the Freedom Fest YouTube channel, you can see that whole debate. It is fascinating. And right now, Krugman is in a tweet, a, a Twitter war with Steve Moore over this Fed nomination because Herman Cain was also nominated. And so Krugman's going after both of them and Trump yeah. and saying and kind of saying, yeah, Steve Moore appears at Freedom Fest. Well, Krugman appeared at Freedom Fest, too. So <laughs> and as Mark Skousen likes to like to point out earlier, he's like, yeah, Krugman's not exactly admitting to his own you know, mistakes and predicting the, the bull market after Trump was elected and all the other no. you know, mistakes that he's made. So it was going to be terrible like when Trump got, uh, after, got in office. After the big debate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the the events that they have at, at you guys have at Freedom Fest are just so awesome and I want people to experience it. If they go to freedomfest.com slash FTL, that's freedomfest.com slash FTL, you can buy tickets there, and I certainly uh, hope that you do, because you can come out and hang out with me. Um, Ian will uh, be out this this one, this go-around, too. It's going to be his first time. Hopefully, my wife will be out uh, on this one. Also, it's going to be a lot of fun, but... You there if you if you don't get your ticket right off the bat if you're not convinced at this moment because it's not a low end event, but um, if you're not convinced, please watch the videos there so that you can see what these speeches are like because this is the best produced seamless event in the liberty uh, sphere. There aren't mistakes. Um, well, uh, there are mistakes, but there I haven't seen them, and they're <laughs> minor enough that it's not a problem. <laughs> I guess oh, <laughs> there have yeah, to be mistakes hilarious. though. <laughs> And I also want to mention that if you go to that that uh, FTL uh, page on our website, freedomfest.com slash FTL, we yep. also have an opportunity for you to download our best, most popular sessions from last year's, right. including the speech by Judge Napolitano. So like you were saying, if you're not ready to register, we want you to try Freedom Fest for free, and you can just uh, click that button right there and get five of our best sessions with Charlie Kirk. Uh, Heather McDonald, Judge Napolitano, a really fascinating healthcare, uh, Obamacare debate panel. With yeah, that was cool. Medicine options. So it's really fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a really great uh, great way to do it. And you know, all you got to do is go there to freedomfest.com/ftl, and you'll enjoy it. Um, tell folks again how. So we just go to that same page to buy tickets too, yep. right? Yep, the tickets are there. You can click to register. The code is right there for you, so you can you can have that information if you want to save fifty dollars on your registration, which who wouldn't? And uh, and then if you want to check out more about Freedom Fest, check out our YouTube channel, or just click on uh, getting your five uh, free bonus sessions from twenty eighteen. And let's not forget that not only is it Freedom Fest a wonderful event, it's in Las Vegas. And that's right. I'm not saying that Vegas is the greatest venue for everybody every day, but it's pretty nice to be able to take your wife to see a show. Um, You know, maybe uh, you can get there's some of the best restaurants on the planet. Absolutely. Right. Um, You get so you get great food, great entertainment. Yes, there's gambling. If that's your thing, by all means, do it. Um, You know, it's Freedom Fest. You're you're welcome to uh, to do that. It's going to be at a casino. Which one? It's at Paris this year, right? Paris. And you're exactly right. We actually consciously selected Las Vegas because it is what, in our opinion, the most libertarian of all the cities in the United States. It's certainly libertarian. Uh, A lot of things that are free, you know, free and open there that you can't do other places. Uh, it's your choice, obviously, as a, yep. in a libertarian philosophy. 
but it's great because we schedule the day when it's hot outside. You don't want to be out on the strip in July. So you stay inside in the nice, beautiful Paris air conditioning and our meeting space. And then in the evening, we free all of that up, go out to a beautiful dinner, show world-class entertainment, and it's all right there in the middle of the strip. It's a great experience. I would imagine that July is probably a little less costly than, I don't know, November or maybe October. There's probably seasons. That is definitely true. The summer is uh, a little bit cheaper to get out to Las Vegas, uh, and you're guaranteed to have a great time. Las Vegas as a city has really done a tremendous amount to have a broader appeal, a more family appeal, like you were saying, Mark, and um, to just have world-class entertainment, world-class dining. There really is something for everyone, not only at Freedom Fest, but also in Las Vegas. So you're guaranteed to have a great vacation slash learning experience. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Valerie Durham, freedomfest.com slash FTL. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mark. Did you know you can legally exit the U.S. federal income tax system? Well, it's true, and thousands of American nationals are doing it. The 16th Amendment and the Internal Revenue Code are legal, but only in a limited jurisdiction. This is the basis behind the voluntary nature of the income tax. Learn the exit strategy provided by Congress. Find out more by visiting WeissParis.com and watch our numerous videos. That's W-E-I-S-S-Paris.com.